welcome to Speak Up Talk Radio. I am Pat Rulo, and today I am just thrilled to share a recent Firebird Book Award winning author with you. He is Robert Ganey, and his award winning book is titled Dragon Baby Gone. Robert Ganey is a born and raised Floridian, despite his best efforts. While enrolled at Florida State University and studying English, he began volunteering for the campus medical response team, opening up a great new passion in his life. And then following graduation, he pursued further training through paramedic and firefighting programs, going on to be a full-time professional firefighter in the state of Florida. He currently lives and works in Northeast Florida with his wife and dogs, who make sure he gets walked regularly. He writes near-fetched fantasy novels inspired by the madness and courage found in everyday events. And I am looking forward to our time together, so welcome to the network, Robert. Thanks for having me, Pat. My, my pleasure. Well, congratulations on the book win, too. That was exciting. Uh, it really was exciting. I was uh, I was not expecting that, and it, it, when I got the, uh, the news, it really blew me away. Oh, that's good. We like to blow people away and <laughs> make, make them feel good. We always say it's such a, such a risky thing to put yourself out there like that. You never know what's going to come back. But as I always say, if you don't take the risk, nothing's going to come back. I, I I agree with that, and uh, everything worth doing is pretty risky, and I've, I'm doing it because I like to do it, not because I expect anything out of it, so everything's kind of a bonus for me. I get that. I understand. Now, I love this. You say that you write near-fetched fantasy novels inspired by the madness and courage found in everyday events. Let's take that apart a little. What do you mean by that? Well, I, I like my fantasy novels a little grounded. I think we can suspend our disbelief for a concept, but we want to have characters that are realistic. We want to have people whose motivations we understand, stakes that we understand and that are limited in their scope. So it, not everything's got to be about the world ending. Sometimes it can be about individual conflict or something on a smaller scale than that. I like to uh, ground it in a little bit of reality, and reality is, People are both uh, courageous and people are sometimes a little bit cowardly, but usually the better natures of ourselves went over. Mm -hmm. And I like how you have this interesting combination, juxtaposition perhaps, of wizards, dragon eggs, talking cats, yet that's set in Jacksonville, Florida and not some mythical fantasy world. Well, I like I like uh, urban fantasy as a genre, and setting it in a place that I know rather well, Jacksonville, Florida, is a seemed like a pretty natural thing when I started writing it. Uh, Jacksonville, if you've never been there, is uh, kind of a kind of a mixed bag of a city. It's both relatively large as far as the uh, big town appeal, but uh, it's also got some these little nooks and crannies that are a little weird and out of out of the uh, ordinary. You know, mm -hmm. these little. Uh, anomalous corners of the world, if you will. I've been to Jacksonville, and I like it there very much, so I understand exactly what you're saying. Perhaps give us a peek into your book so we can tantalize our listeners, get a little glimpse as to what the book is about. Okay. Uh, Dragon Baby Gone is a story about Special Agent Diane Morris, who is a underfunded, overworked federal agent uh, assigned with uh, protecting the... Uh, Normal world with all from all the horrors of the anomalous. Uh, her, her agency has been neglected for several decades, so she has to rely on her own wits, her own uh, experience, and a motley crew of sort of misfit allies. She has a a 
talking cat roommate who helps her by dispensing information and essentially stealing from her bank account. Uh, she's allied with a questionable demon who is looking to get out from underneath her thumb and to find his own place of power in the world. And she uh, works with some other, some other poorly uh, managed or uh, salty uh, public employees. The dragon eggs. Tell us how that came about. Well, I like the idea of having dragons in fantasy books. It's kind of a classic trope. And I wanted to go in a different direction where a dragon isn't really something that you see the whole time. It's more of the big threat that waits in the end. If you don't solve this problem, the dragon's going to wake up and it's going to cause damage that you can't stop. A dragon's kind of a force of nature and it's not about stopping the dragon. It's about making sure that the dragon never becomes a problem to begin with. If anybody's foolish enough to steal dragon eggs, <laughs> that's the problem. And I wanted a kind of a, a more of a whodunit heist uh, crime solve than a beat up involving a, a, an enormous dragon wrecking the city. And talking cats, where did that idea pop into your brain? I, I think a, everybody likes a, uh, a sassy talking cat uh, sidekick. Uh, I wanted to take a personality of a cat and make it into a character that I thought was, uh, well, not just a talking head, but a, a personality who could who could shed insight into some anomalous stuff and help help Diane through her troubles. Uh, I like Jericho, who is the, the talking cat in the story, because he's essentially uh, your archetypical real-life cat, aloof, cares about his own interests, only wants to help you when it helps him, and occasionally he's willing to throw you a bone and and and, uh, and be a part of the family. Isn't that the truth? <laughs> um, it sounds like you have fun writing your books. Oh, I do. I'm, I love writing. I write almost every day, and when I'm not writing, I'm editing, and it's uh, it's always something. I, I like uh, I like finding the best way to express an idea that I either find amusing or interesting. Mm -hmm. How many books have you written so far? Uh, so far, this is my first published book. Okay. Uh, I'm, I hope to have the sequel out this May. Uh, I've been writing Witches Get Stitches, which is the, the follow-up book to this one. Uh, and I have, I don't know, probably half a dozen manuscripts sitting around in various forms of uh, completion or not completion, depends how you look at it. Mm -hmm. I love that. So your characters... So many authors say that those characters that they write eventually and quickly become kind of beings of their own that push the narrative and the author is just kind of going along for the ride. Do you find that or are you more in control of your characters? I don't know about that. I think I I think I I'm developing a uh, I develop a problem and then Diane comes across it naturally. However, I think she would uh, approach it is usually how it goes. Um, I like to think of it as I, I, I'm going to post a problem to this to this character who's strong and determined uh, and capable, and whatever the best way I think she would figure it out, that's how it goes. So maybe she's more in control of it than I than I give her credit for. Mm -hmm. And how about writing from a woman's perspective? Is there any issue with that? No, I think it's I think I think it's a wonderful direction to take. Uh, to be honest, uh, a lot of what I what I determine from it, it comes from my experiences with strong women in my life, uh, people who I've admired and respected who make all these quick and determined decisions, uh, either as professionals working for the fire department, professionals working for the city of Jacksonville, or just 
people in my life who I've known over the years. Right. And I model it after all these characteristics that I've seen that I've admired over the years. I like that. What about the cover art? Well, the Wild Rose Press uh, uh, has contracts with a number of cover artists, and they uh, they were kind enough to set me up with one of them. And and after a little bit of back-and-forth dialogue where we determined what I was looking for in a cover that, that expressed what, what was going on uh, by a my cover artist but did a, did, a, did a proof to me, and we went back and forth a little bit. And after, after a couple of emails, uh, we ended up with the one we have right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, the artist's name, by the way, is Debbie Taylor, uh, who does more cover art for uh, the Wild Rose Press for some of their other titles. Great. Thanks for giving a shout-out. It's always, um, I, I think, a challenge to find somebody who can create a cover that matches your expectation or the image in your mind. Well, that's, that's the interesting part about it. You know, you spend years with this image of your, in your mind, either how something looks or how something sounds, and it's such a such an odd thing to see it portrayed by somebody else. And it can be it can be it can be hard to come to terms with uh, how somebody else has a vision for your vision. But at the end of the day, it's about finding something that works well and everybody's happy with. I'm just now this week finishing up my uh, audiobook version for Audible uh, of this book. And my narrator, uh, the very talented Sky Alley, uh, has had, gave me back the audio files for it. And listening to it for the first time was so very strange for me because for now for several years, the only voice I've ever heard narrating this is the voice in my head. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, I'm hearing some other woman's voice who's, who's very talented and doing a wonderful job. And my initial reaction to it is to think, ooh, that doesn't, wait, hold on a second. But after listening to the whole book in one stretch without without really noticing that I had read, listened to the whole thing, I realized, oh, this is really good. She's doing great voices. These voices are so distinct and they have such a life of their own. And just because it, it's, just because it was my project for so long doesn't mean that somebody else can't treat it with everything that I would want to be treated for. That's an interesting situation, audiobooks. I do a lot of audiobook narration myself, and I almost feel like you, like as a narrator, you have to have a connection with the book. Um, it's not just something to be read and gone through mechanically. I, I personally always feel like I have to be just as much invested in that book as the author is, and so then I think you can give voice to it. So uh, that's that's good that you found somebody who well, at least that you feel comfortable with now after hearing the hearing the entire book. Oh, absolutely. And again, Sky did such an amazing job. Uh, definitely, if I move forward and do more audiobooks in the future for sequels, she'll be the only narrator I go to. She'll be the first one I come to every time. <laughs> That's and, awesome. Yeah. So are you still a full-time professional firefighter? I am. I still work. I still work full time as firefighter for the city of Jacksonville. And that's my that's my day job. That's my career. That's my passion. My vocation. It's everything I want it to be. Yes. How do you fit in writing? How does that fit into your to your job during the day? Well, if I get, if I get a chance to do writing while I'm at work, and that's nice. And between training and doing calls and all the other responsibilities, some days it, some days are better than others. Uh, luckily, but the schedule of a firefighter is 24 hours on and 48 hours off. Mm-hmm. I get to have time at the house to write, and in the evenings when I'm not doing some other things or working at stuff at the house or things like that, 
my schedule for writing can be a little sporadic. Sometimes I'll buckle down and write three or four hours a day, or some days I'll write just a little bit and I have other things to do, or I'll spend my time editing whatever my project is for the day. I'll try to do something, but I'm always trying to do at least a little bit. Sure, sure. How has your book been received by your fellow firefighters? What are they saying about your books? Oh, you know, it depends on depends on their tastes. Some of it's a little bit of a heckling, good natured, and all that. Right. And some of it, some people actually like the genre, so I've had some good feedback from there. And some people couldn't care for the genre at all, but they're buying it to support me, which is always appreciated. And it's a it's kind of a mixed bag, to be honest, but mm-hmm. always always in a, in the right way with with love. Right, right. I get it. I get it. All righty. Well, so what's next? You said you're working on the sequel, and is there yeah, some I'm, something after that? My sequel, sequel is, is at my editor right now, so I'll be getting that back in a couple of weeks where I can start moving towards uh, publication with it. Um, and then lately I've been writing the third book in the series, uh, just continuing on with the same characters, continuing on with, with this more meta plot line that, that, I, that I've been working on. And it, it's been a lot of fun, and honestly, I, I, I can see myself working on it for quite some time now. Yeah, there's no end to that. That's the fun thing about series. You, and then you start to develop a reading audience, too, who demands more and more. So it, it's a very smart idea to continue with a series. Well, I like, I like the idea of a, of a reading audience. More than that, I'm having fun with the story. I'm having fun with the characters. And as long as I'm having fun, that's probably what I'm going to keep working <laughs> on. That, that's, that, that's the biggest part about me. You can't have a, a good story without enjoying it as the writer. That's where I've, I've always approached it from. It, Quality comes with polish. Quality comes with experience and time. But enjoyment's one of those things you got to have. That you can't just sit down and write a a book mechanically because it's it's a formula or something like that. We're not making pies. We're we're making something with love. Absolutely, and I think that's felt when people read your work. Well, thank you. Yeah. Well, anything we missed then that you wanted to touch on before we begin to wrap up? Nothing I can think of. I'd you know, like to thank my wife for putting up with all the uh, all the days of me scribbling and me uh, rereading my stuff or listening to this audiobook this past week. So I appreciate her for that. Uh, that's good to have a supportive family or somebody in your corner um, who appreciates and understands what you go through as a writer. So why don't you, if you would, give us any contact information where folks can find out more about you and where they can purchase your book and soon-to-be books. Well, uh, my book is available on uh, essentially everywhere. It's on Amazon, it's on at Barnes and Noble. Uh, it's on the Kindle. It's on the Nook. Uh, you can go to your local bookstore and ask them to order it. Uh, I've had several people say they've done that, and it's in the. Uh, it's got the ISBN for the system. They can order it wherever they like. Wherever fine books are sold, everywhere. Absolutely. Any websites? I do have www.robertganey.com uh, for those that are looking to see my fancy, wonderful website. Right now, the one book is on it, but soon there'll be a second book for your viewing pleasure. <laughs> Excellent. RobertGainey.com. The book is titled Dragon Baby Gone. All righty. Well, listen, keep writing. Keep sharing your work with us. I'd love to read the sequel. We're talking with Robert Ganey, RobertGainey.com. Thank you so much for sharing you and your book today. No problem. Thank you for having me.